Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Subscribe on iTunes at Toddcast Podcast. Right on, dude. Well, yeah, thank you again uh, for joining us. We have not only a top fuel, but also a funny car world champion on the podcast, Del Warsham. Um, I guess we, we got to get right into it. How's life with COVID in, in your world, in your camp? You know, it was kind of tough on us here because uh, we started a new team this year, you know, and, and, and I, I left the Clutter Racing team and, and, and signed back up with, with Alexis and we built this new team and we got everything together and we just, we got just two races in and then the whole COVID thing hit and uh, we, we, we had a semifinal round at, at Pomona and went to Phoenix and we lost first round there, but stayed in testing around really well on Monday. So I was thinking, all right, here we come to Gainesville, the third race of the season, the car's running great. This is going to be awesome. And uh, on my way to Gainesville with, with my daughter and my wife, uh, we, we were touring colleges because uh, I've got twin daughters and we were in the South looking at colleges and all of a sudden they're like, hey, turn around. The race isn't going to happen. It's going to be trouble. So it was pretty, it was pretty tough having a brand new team, get everything built and yeah. just. That sucks. And, yeah. and so what's life like now for you? Like what's the, uh, the vibe around your world? Like, are you guys getting ready for a 2021 world or or what? We are. We are. Uh, we, we got lucky. And with NHRA and some of our sponsors and Mel Yellow and then, then our sponsor with Lexus, by August, we were actually running events. Uh, started off kind of fanless, not many fans. And by September and October, we were racing in places like Texas and Florida with fans. And uh, we were able to get in 10 or I think a total of 11 races. And um, it was nice because, because, I mean, we had this whole brand new team sitting here when you get a chance to race. So we were able to get, in, get, get, some, race, get some races under our belt. We, uh, we had some ups and downs. We had some races that were great. We had other races that were just, we had some terrible, you know, we had some crashes and fires and we kind of grew through it, but, but we, we ended the season on a, on a great note in Texas. Uh, we got to semifinals, uh, ran some, some great runs. So yeah, no, it's, it's coming around. It's going to be a long off season. Our, uh, our off season, we don't, we don't start again until um, March again. So basically, you know, here we're sitting for another five months. Wow. Yeah. Cause I, I think it was maybe a right at the start when you were starting to do those runs again, that we talked about you coming on. And you're like, right. you know, just get, give me a, a minute just to kind of plow through this stuff and then, and then we'll do this. Uh, what's your first memory, not necessarily of you racing, but like what's your first memory of drag racing? Oh, brother. Um, okay, so I grew up in Southern California and um, my dad, my, my, my mother and dad split at a pretty young age. I was probably about four or five years old. And my dad had a condominium over in Laguna Hills, with, which wasn't far from OCIR, from Orange County National Raceway. And I remember uh, going out there with him and, and I could hear the funny cars running, you know, on Saturdays when I was staying with my dad and we could yeah. hear him. He's like, we're going, man, we're going to go out and watch him and, and going out on Saturday nights to OCIR with my dad and my sister and, and watching the funny cars race. And what was it that got you into it? I mean, it's a family thing, right? But what yep. was it specifically that, that, that kind of, um, that my dad, my dad yeah. was a huge, you know, after him and my mom divorced, my dad was kind of a single guy and he went out and bought himself a Corvette, you know, and he was a, he was a cement contractor, bought himself a 62 Corvette. And I can remember at a young age um, being at Orange County Raceway. And I, I've, I've always told a little story, which is a little bit of a fib, that I'd never been on the drag strip until I raced in a funny car. Not totally true. Right. I, I remember being, being about six or seven years old. I mean, he had a four-speed. And I would run the gear shifter, and I'd just watch his foot go in. I'd just pull the gears. And one time we got to the semifinals on, like, a bracket night out there. And uh, <laughs> semifinals, Larry Sutton, the starter, he told my dad, he's got to get out of the car, man. The guy, 
I had a football helmet on, you know, like a Rams helmet. So uh, it, it was exciting. Dude, that's such a cool story. Yeah. And then your first year, you won rookie. You, you won the rookie of the year, did you not? I did. I did. I just got, I got really lucky. Um, Dude. Uh, just just getting to just getting to drive it all you know i i always wanted to be a, a drag racer but i never knew what capacity was to be a driver or worker or tuner or just you know a mechanic just something in that world and and then it kind of it kind of so some things some some events took place that also there i was 20 years old driving the car and um my first season in 1991 we were doing pretty good here and there but i was the only full-time i was the only full-time guy on the team so basically on, on thursday nights i would go to the airport pick up my dad a couple guys We'd run the race Sunday nights. I'd take them home and then I'd get the car to the next race. And uh, we got about five races in or about five races in and we got to Atlanta, Georgia. And we didn't have a, the best running car. We didn't have a bad running car. And things just started lining up. And you, you could tell like we were, we were doing pretty well. And next thing I know, here I'm, I'm in the final round against, uh, against Mark Oswald uh, in Atlanta. And, and true, true, true story, I, we, we were going home after that event. Basically, there just wasn't enough money. We're going to go home, work, save up our money and pick back up in the summertime. Wow. And, ACL Coast Southern Nationals in Atlanta and, and won the damn race. So now I have 20,000 bucks in my hand and uh, that was enough money to, to, to keep us going and keep us racing. And I, I was so shy and so naive to what was going on. I, I didn't even know that there was like a press room, a press conference room when he won the race. So I remember standing there and I was all done and I just turned 21 years old. And I'm looking for a beer and there, it's a dry county and there's no beer and I'm tired. And, and Kenny Bernstein grabbed me and says, hey, we have to go to the press room. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to no press room. They're like, oh no, you're, you're going. So <laughs> I have to go to the press room with Kenny Bernstein. Um, uh, Bob Glidden, and I believe, I forget it was top field, but it was somebody like Joe, it was somebody very big, you know, it was, it was three of the biggest guys, so I was up there with them, and it, it was a great time. Yeah, dude, I mean, like, that, yeah, for me, like, that was, what, 90 or 91 that you won that race. 1991, yeah. And, and that's the year I graduated from high school, and, like, my older brother was a huge fan of, like, you know, NHRA, and just kind of NASCAR, and just fucking balls nice. out speed racing, right? Sure. Uh, so I do. I remember you racing since like I was in high school, really. Uh, I was just barely out of high school. Which uh, I was just going to say, which puts us at about the same age. Um, yeah. What was your first pro race? How fast were you going and what was your speed? And what was okay. the time? Rather? First time I, the first time I qualified or actually raced? Raced. Okay. Yep. So I raced Ed Days McCullough. First round. 1990 in Pomona at the finals and I ran a 556 and like right around I think 262 miles an hour or something like that and, and I lost my first race but it was a decent race and, and I didn't lose and I didn't smoke the tires I didn't run into them yeah. uh, I remember I came into funny car racing with zero experience I mean I showed for the finals basically it was just a license I'd never even competed on any level on the drag strip I was a BMX racer you know and I raced my bicycle around until I was 16 I had a car and oh, okay just girls so I really didn't have a whole lot of like like racing experience but I could drive the car a little bit and I didn't think I would hit anybody and, and I was able to get a license wow that's pretty cool yeah I have it's pretty big and I mentioned off the top that uh not only is it uh, a top top fuel but it's also a funny car uh, champion not many right. people how many people can say that not many people can say that no no only a couple of us ever ever got a chance to do that and uh let me think. Uh, uh, Kenny Bernstein. Bernstein. The, 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 yeah, Bernstein and Selzy are the only other two. You know, and, and it's definitely an honor. Not a whole lot of people have the opportunity to do that, you know, is one thing. But then once you do have the opportunity to get to drive cars that were prepared well enough or give you that chance, I got, I got really lucky in the top fuel car and even in the funny car. To get to drive for, for Alan Johnson and Shake Khaled and Alan Nobby in the state of Qatar, that was, a, that was just talking about falling into something at the right time. 
it was 2008. I had just got done with my check my checker trucks Craig uh, sponsorship. They'd been bought by O'Reilly's Auto Parts, and they weren't going to renew the, the the contract. And the whole entire country was going into a uh, into a depression, or you know, basically there weren't there wasn't much going on in 2008. At the end of 2008, yeah. and along comes this thing, and I interviewed for the job and got it. And next thing I know, I'm driving a top field top field dragster for a championship. That's crazy. Was, it was, it was I crazy. love it, man. That's a great story. Walk us through some of your uh, uh, game day rituals. What are you doing every every race? Sure. Well, the first thing you do, you know, no, nobody wants to be real superstitious. You know, you don't want to say you wear the same underwear every day. Right. Or but one thing you do do is you definitely do not change routines because you don't want to forget anything. So uh, I always put, you know, the boots on the same order. I put the gloves on the same order. I get in the same side of the car. You always try to do things because routines are always better than just, just off the cuff. So right. those, are, those are a couple of things I always did. Um, you know, you want to tell yourself that it's just another run or it's just, but it's not, we all know that you do the brunt, you're backing up when, you know, when you're racing against John force, you know, for, for, for a title, or if you're just qualifying against, against somebody, it is different, you know, and, and, and I'm going to tell you that right now. And I'm the kind of driver and I always was where really, really emotions did play a big part in how I drove. You know, I always, I always thought, I, I, I always, I don't say I tried harder, but I've tried harder maybe at reaction times in racing. And I tried a little bit harder at, just driving the car better and qualifying. And, and I, and there's some drivers that can do both great. Sean Langdon drove for us, you know, when I, when I raced with him and he was such a focused driver, he could, he could cut the reaction and drive the car. Well, I'm kind of like, I could do one or the other, you know, but I couldn't do <laughs> every day at all times. I kind of had to pick those moments and, and rise up during those times. So, uh, so, you know, rising to the occasion when it was time to do a good job, I always tried to make sure that, that I understood, you know, what was on the line every single run. What is the fastest time you've run? Uh, in top fuel, I ran a 3.73 at 328. And then in the funny car, I ran a 3.83 at 333. Wow. Right around there. Can you explain that? Um, what that's like, the pressure to your body and stuff? Like, is there any way to actually. There, there is. There, yeah, yeah. You know, because I've driven both cars. Back when I first started driving in the early 90s, I actually drove both cars in competition during the same time at the same events. I raced the U.S. Nationals one time in both cars and, and won rounds in both cars, one first round, six minutes apart. And uh, the wow. funny car, let's start with the funny car. I drove it first. You sit real way far back in a funny car, and you can't see anything moving on the side of you, whereas, like, there's, there, there's no, there's no like, a sensation of speed because there's nothing really going by your peripheral vision you can't see things going by where let's say like in an airplane when you're taking off on the runway and you go along you see the buildings and the road then all of a sudden the airplane rotates and it just goes to blue skies and you don't know you don't know you're going fast anymore mm -hmm. so fuel car you can see things going by you and, and the sensation of speed is very great uh, you sit low and you can see the front wheels turning you can see the guardrails going by and it just feels like it feels like what you would imagine with 130 miles per hour <laughs> our sensation of speed is not there Anything. You know, you're driving into this little spot out there and you're trying to look over the engine and it's making noise and it's smoking and there's fire out of the windows and you're just trying to win and, and, and you're going down the track and, and not unless something goes wrong or something throws off your sense of, of what's going on, do you understand how fast you're going in a funny car because nothing's just really there as opposed to the top fuel car just feels very fast. And right. it definitely, when you go to stop, both cars are about the same when you go to stop. My favorite part of the run has always been like pulling the parachutes. You pull the parachutes, you let off the throttle, and everything just gets quiet, and you basically just float at over 300 miles per hour with shoots out, and it's, a, it's definitely an accomplishing feeling. Yeah, man. I, I couldn't even imagine what that would feel like. Is there anything that, that's even come remotely close in your life to the, the feeling that you get and the adrenaline that you get from, from drag racing? 
No, you you know you you get a little bit of it out of a roller coaster when it first takes off. Um, a really good roller coaster has like a big electric engine, yep. so slip and it gives like a pretty good inertia, like initial like kind of kind of slap. But but it's in control and you're not driving it and you know you're going to be okay as opposed to driving a funny car or a top fuel car where you're the one driving it, you're the one that's in control of it, and if you don't do everything right, you're going to have a problem. You know you're going to run into a problem. So really, I don't really know of anything. You know, an, an airplane or a jet takes off so slow and they land so smooth. There's really nothing like the sensation of you know, positive five G forces to a negative five, like, like, yeah. What's your, what's your daily driver and, and what, how's that lead foot? <laughs> yeah, no, I don't go fast. I have a Toyota Tundra. I drive around in the streets. I have a 67 uh, Chevy, a Nova super sport. Oh, nice. I, I actually got it out yesterday and drove around a little bit. Uh, the weather oh, yeah. was nice. You and just got I, that yesterday? No, 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 no. I drove oh. it around. Oh. I, I actually won it in 1999 in a bet. Oh no! Wait, in a bet, what kind of bet was that? How did that go down? Well, it was a one-sided bet. I could, I really couldn't lose. There's a friend of mine's car, one of our sponsors, and we, when we got to his shop, he had a whole bunch of old, old, old cars like that, and I, I clean them all up and you know help change the oil and kind of get them going. And one day, well, I hadn't won a race after I won my first two races, my rookie season. I didn't win another race until like 1999. There was like an eight-year span there I didn't win a race. Mm. We're, we're at a shop there in, in Auburn, Indiana. He's like, I'll tell you what. If you can win a race before I sell this car, and I'm going to sell this car, you can have the car, and I won the next race. Nice. So, pink slip, and I sell the car today. It's a great car. Oh, that's great. That's great. Uh, I'd love to get outside of racing and, of course, what you're known for. What are you, what are you binging right now? What are you binge watching? Oh, my goodness. It's Shit's Creek. <laughs> I've been watching that. A lot of Shit's Creek. Uh, so good, right? It is. It's funny. Have you ever, have you ever watched that? It's- yeah, man. I'm up to date with, with Shit's Creek. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. We're like in season four right now. Um, yeah. What else? What else have we been watching lately? Uh, shoot, man, I watch I watch South Park any chance I get. My dogs aren't barking. I've seen them all though. I just watch them again and again. Yeah, that's about it. You know, we've had a lot of uh, a lot of the news and a lot of stuff going on around here as far as elections go. So that's about it. I know, right? The election's just been manipulating everybody's yeah, time, and it's uh, it's something else, man. It's not even close to being over. It's just like you know, we're watching you guys just going. Yeah, it's it's got a long ways to go. It's pretty bad. Are you a big fan of all those uh, superhero movies that are being released? No, no, I never really watched too much superheroes. I always kind of grew up around motor racing, and no, unfortunately, don't I don't know too much about them. Yeah, no, fair enough. I was going to ask you, you know, what what superpower you'd want to have if you could have one, but dude, I'd be I'd want to be like Iron Man though if I could. I know, right? It was awesome. <laughs> it's yeah. Pretty awesome. Do you believe in aliens? Do you, do you believe that they visit us or maybe even uh, live am- amongst us? No, I don't. You know, I, I, I would think that there would be, I'm not going to say it's not possible. Anything's possible. But you would think something, somebody would, would have seen or knew something about them by now. You know, one of us would have some kind of proof. But again, who am I to say? So I really, I really, I really can't say that. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Uh, yeah, normally, no. Dell, I, I ask, uh, and this seems ridiculous to ask you this question, but have you ever had a near-death experience? Not where you're like floating over your body or whatever, but more like, holy crap, man, I could have died there. Yeah, yeah, racing, actually. I've, I've had two of them. Yeah. Uh, in 1994, a uh, car burst into flames, caught on fire, was going fast, pulled parachutes, no parachutes, uh, just ripping down there in 1994. And I, I can remember just getting so hot and burned and covering up my face with, with, with my hand. And, and I ended up spending 21 nights in the burn center for skin grafts. And uh, 
at that time, I wasn't really sure. You, you know, I kind of got through that, but I remember that night I had a horrid nightmare. And I remember the car blowing up in the nightmare and just like losing my breath and not knowing if I was you know, alive or dead. Just the first night in the hospital. After that, it never happened again. But that first night, it was, it was scary. I remember waking up in, in New Jersey just not knowing what happened. I'm sure if I'm alive or dead. That's crazy. So the, the parachutes don't pull, then like, what are you just riding out 300 off. miles an hour burning up? The fire burned them off. The car was going down pretty fast. It just kept going and going. And this is before your safety equipment was pretty, uh, was pretty, uh, it, you know, it wasn't in advanced stages right now. So we didn't have like these fresh air breathing systems and the Nomex suits weren't as good. Nothing was as good. And I was just basically just getting burned and cooked alive in there. And the car was fast and I could feel that and I knew it was moving and I couldn't see. And I had to hold my breath and finally jumped out. And I remember not being able to, not being able to get my, my, uh, my, my helmet off. And it's because my hands were just burned up, you know, my hands were just, it blowing the gloves open and, and, and just passing out and waking up in a helicopter and it was a big mess. Crazy. That, that was one. And then another time, another time in the funny car, again, parachutes could, couldn't get them deployed because they blew too high up in the air and I couldn't reach the levers. I'm flipping end over end and over all the safety nets. And, uh, and when the car finally came to a stop, I thought, I thought it was blind. I'm sitting there, you know, and like, like everything's just black, you know, and I don't really know where I am. And, and I kind of reached down and I feel my legs. And then, I, and then I flipped up my visor and just full of sand. And I could see, and I looked down at legs and I just did myself and just took off running, man. And it took me a while to find me. And I was, I was hiding in a van. I, I must have a concussion at that point. Holy shit. So those are the two times, but I really in 30 years of racing, that's not bad. That, that's not bad, man. Yeah. And, and so what, what is going through your mind as you're waiting for the, for the Christmas tree to, to, to turn like, are you just kind of in that moment? Focused. Absolutely. You know, just being focused and knowing, you know, Hey, there's, because it's a, it's a random tree. You know, you can't guess the tree at all. Or you don't know what's going to come once everybody's staged, once both cars are staged, it's got like a second and a half of randomness. And if it go, if it's a quick light and goes off in the first half second, it feels like it just came on instantly. And if it takes a second and a half to go off, which is the longest light you could have, you think the trees broke. So you know that your level of concentration and focus is so great that that, that, that one second is, is the difference in thinking something's wrong. And uh, yeah, you're just watching that. You just want, I mean, you know, you know, you want to be reactive. You, you want to be active, not reactive. And when the, when, when that amber comes down, you just kind of smash the throttle and hopefully, hopefully you get away ahead of the other guy. Or um, can you pick a career highlight? Can you nail it down to one thing or is that just impossible? I think winning that race in 1991 at, at 21 years old, uh, would probably have to be the career highlight. Um, still to this day, you know, the, the youngest guy to ever win a funny car, a, a funny car title. And there, there, there's some yeah. new along now that are going to challenge me for that. That, that was pretty big. Uh, second thing, you know, I, I won the U S nationals and the, and the skull showdown, you know, in the, in the same weekend, which was, which was the highest, the most money you can make in one day racing, you know, and I did that, uh, that, that ranks up there. And then the two championships, the one in top field, and the one in funny car. So that's, that's kind of my order. Yeah, and you're partying after these. these oh nights. yeah, yeah. We have some epic parties afterwards. <laughs> they must be just crazy nights, man. <laughs> we are, you know, it, a, a quick story. I'd say probably I got married in 1999, and I'd been saving up parts most of my life, and I was going to build like a top fuel engine in my backyard and put it, on, put it next to my barbecue, just out of old parts I had. And um, I thought that'd be cool, you know, you're having a barbecue and just fire, you know, fire up my blender and be awesome, or. or fire up this engine would be awesome. And then I saw somebody one of those weed whacker margarita machines one day. Oh yeah. I'm like, huh? So I remember I was in Bristol. 
I was in Bristol in 2000 and I woke up my wife in the middle of the night. She's like, what? And I'm like, Hey, I'm going to take that engine I'm building and I'm going to mix margaritas with it. She's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I saw that guy with that little, that little weed whacking thing. No, nah, I, I can do better than this. And she's like, go to bed. So nice. I was going home. That was race day night too. going home. And she came home from work that Monday and I'd take, I'd taken her blender completely apart and it's like, <laughs> my house. And she's like, what are you doing? And I had the micrometer and the, the tape measure out and I made it everything exactly five times bigger. <laughs> nice. Down hopper and built this, with my dad helped me and we built this big old like margarita machine and we still have it to this day and it's like it burns on 100% nitromethane top fuel engine mixes 15 gallons of margaritas at a time and uh NHRA banned it in maybe 2007 from the races the parties were just too big and too epic oh, yeah. I was in trouble and I remember telling J.R. Todd in 2018 if you win the championship I'm bringing it back out I don't think anybody in NHRA remembers that I even have this thing and uh he won the championship driving the DHL car like I did we uh, we drug it out to Pomona and I nice. talked to the new president of NHRA and he's like, just don't cause any trouble. So we did. It was a fun night. Yeah, that sounds fun. And you know, I've actually reached out to, to JR and, and, and Hey man, come on my podcast. So oh, yeah. I'll, yeah, I'll give guy. him, a, I'll give him another poke. He seems like a really good guy too. He's a great guy. Yeah. 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 Uh, I'll, I'll respect your time, man. I'm going to wrap it up here. Uh, you're at uh, Del Warsham on Twitter. Um, yes. Are you active on Instagram as well? A little bit, a little bit. You know, my daughters do do more of it than I do. Yeah. You know, they yeah. post here and there, but, but more, more Twitter, you know, if I, if something's exciting or something really gets my interest, you know, I'll get on there a little bit. I definitely lurk a lot though. Uh, yeah, no, I definitely see it from time to time. So, and thank you for following and, and sharing some stuff as you, as you have sure. in the past. So, um, is there a website you want people to come and check out? Uh, com. you know, Alexis and I based them together. She posts everything stays up on everything. So yeah. we're looking forward to 2021 season. You know, we had some trouble, like I said, 2020, uh, we finished up strong, some semifinals and a couple low ETs of a couple races. So uh, I think 2021 is going to be our year. Yeah. She's, uh, she's been a guest as well. Super nice as well. Yeah. Great. great yeah, she's really cool. her, her and her dad and her family and yeah. people, phones, Jonathan, they're, uh, they're, they're great people. Right on. Dude, thank you for, again, for taking some time and, uh, and joining us here in Vancouver, Canada. Sure, man. You got it, man. Anytime. Hopefully I'll come on after, after, after we uh, win a race again one day. The Toddcast Podcast on ToddHancock.ca. Hi, it's Jennifer, a founder of Go Kid Go and a mom to two kids. Join my family on the story train with Calm Conductor Birdie each night as we travel through the magic rainbow tunnel to everywhere and anywhere to find the best bedtime stories. Search for Story Train on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. 